This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Arsenal transfer show our daily 8am UK time show which we've now done for our 73rd episode in a row. Arsenal still have only signed one player but we could be getting a little bit closer to the next one with Sambi Lakonga. Uh, edging towards that official announcement. It's been in London for a while. We're going to talk a lot about that and more and get your thoughts too in the comments section as well. I hope you're doing good. I hope you're doing well this morning. If you could drop a like on today's video and subscribe to the channel. If you are new, I would appreciate it. Turning that notification bell on too so you never miss a show. And if you'd like to help support the channel, you can by hitting that join button as well. Good morning, everyone in the chat box. Good to see you guys tuning in as always goose morning from social i mean uh, i don't know what are you working on a farm this morning social maybe that's where you're at right now <laughs> interesting choice of words let's crack on with our first story of the day which revolves not necessarily around a transfer but specifically around pre-season and kieran tierney you probably saw images emerge from the arsenal twitter account yesterday that kieran tierney has now joined up with his teammates uh, in Scotland, of all places, of course, his homeland. And what's great about this is that Tierney once again going to show how he sets an example to his teammates by leaving uh, his holiday early, cutting it short and joining up with the squad to become uh, the first player back from the European Championships who took part. Of course, Scotland did get knocked out during the uh, group stage. We saw Bird Leno, who didn't play, but Germany did progress through to the last 16. Bakaya Saka got to the final, and Granit Xhaka got to the quarterfinals with Switzerland after beating France. And so their holiday is extended a little bit longer than Tierney's. But as far as we're aware, the reports that emerged yesterday do tell us that Tierney did indeed cut his uh, time short to join uh, the lads up in Scotland. And clearly, maybe, possibly, he wants to be involved for the pre-season match against Rangers, Celtic's big rivals. Maybe that has something to do with it. If it does, I mean, that's great. I mean, when when are we going to see this guy become captain? That's all I want to ask. That's all I want to know. Is, is it a ticking time bomb for when it actually happens and gets announced? When Aubameyang probably moves on, 
that Tierney will become Arsenal's new captain and he would make a fantastic option for the club as well. Moving on to our possible outs then this summer, we kick off with Lucas Torreira. Uh, we haven't talked about Torreira for a little bit. He has, of course, been also uh, on holiday, but is expected to return to Arsenal very soon from his time playing uh, in the Copa America with Uruguay. They were knocked out, so you can expect to see him back in the next couple of weeks or so if a move does not get sorted out away from the club. Now, he has been speaking and saying that he will assess the option to remain at Arsenal, but that there are other options available to him. We know that there are links with Italian clubs. Initially, we saw reports with Fiorentina, and now we've seen more recent links with Lazio as well. But first time we've ever heard of him actually speaking about the possibility of him staying at Arsenal this summer. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Maybe we'll get onto some of the questions a little bit later on and we'll talk about him. But that, for me, is a little bit of a surprise seeing the fact that uh, he was so intent on leaving Arsenal. But keeping his options open just in case something doesn't happen. And Arsenal are, of course, very light in midfield. So keeping it wouldn't be the worst idea, but I think a lot of people wouldn't pretty much want to keep him on uh, in the kind of area of selling him for a fee and keeping that money in the club to reinvest in other positions. But we will wait and see how this one unfolds over the next coming weeks or so. Moving on to Hector Bellerin, of course, heavily linked with a move to Inter Milan. It does indeed look like his personal side of things is very much sorted with the Italian club, according to reports coming out from Italy yesterday. However, Arsenal are still standing very firm on the fact that they want a transfer fee for this deal. They aren't interested in a loan with an option to buy. They may entertain a loan with an obligation clause with a value of around 20 million euros. But in regards to a loan with an option, that doesn't interest Arsenal at all. We've talked about this on the channel. A loan with an option never benefits the selling club in, in any way. It, you lose control of the deal. You've got a player that you don't know what their future is going to be. All of the control and power is in that of the, the club that have taken the player on loan for that amount of time. If there's an agreed price, if he outperforms that price, then obviously it falls back on saying, well, they've then got a bargain for the player that they've actually got on loan. If he doesn't perform, they don't have to commit to it. They can just send him back to the parent club and not think second about it whatsoever. So Arsenal are smart not to have this situation. Uh, what they have seen is they have sent the likes of Genduzi and Mavropanos on loan with options to buy. However, we are made to be aware that those loans have clauses in the options which would make them obligations to buy and they're fairly simple obligations for them to activate. So we'll wait and see and see if indeed that does end up happening. But Hector Bellerin to Inter Milan, still stalling, still waiting on Arsenal and Inter to kind of come to an agreement on a permanent type of deal. Moving on to Joe Willock, uh, one that we actually thought, based on just a couple of days ago, that he might end up staying with Arsenal this summer. For me, it's a really, it's kind of like catch twenty two in a way because you've got a player here that did really well in six months at Newcastle, scored a bundle of goals. His value has arguably never been higher than it is right now. However, the problem is, is that there aren't seemingly any clubs that are coming in that are willing to pay the money that we seem to believe that he is. I've seen values of 15 million reaching all the way up to 30 million from supporters. And whilst I can understand why him being a, an English homegrown midfielder that scored goals in the Premier League a hell of a lot last season, I understand kind of the rhetoric around that and why it might lead to figures around those kind of heights being banded around. But the thing is, is no one's coming in and paying that. And the only situation that Arsenal got on the table was a supposed loan offer from Newcastle, one that, according to the Telegraph anyway, they are thinking about entertaining. Now, this does come with the caveat that they could, in fact, look to sign him up to a new contract extension before sending him on loan. 
but there was a lot of reaction online to this yesterday. Uh, people not happy about the idea of Joe Willett going on yet another loan. Why not just keep him, especially with the fact that our midfield is very light at the moment and we haven't made too many signings as of yet. For me, is it a case of just kicking the can down the road a bit further? I think there is certainly an element of that. What I would say, though, is that alone would obviously for a full season not the same way of Ainsley Maitland-Niles who we kept regretted keeping and then sent him on loan to West Brom that again didn't work out too well but a full season at the club where he has just absolutely smashed it say that he does another brilliant season continues to score goals and he signed a contract extension that leaves Arsenal in a much better situation to either a guarantee a really top class value for his sale next summer or you've got that guarantee that in fact yes he has made that step up at a consistent level to the Premier League and it's worth integrating him into the squad so there's two sides to it I'd love to know what you guys think though so do please leave a comment in the comment section and do stick around for the Q&A if you are joining us live and we'll answer some questions on Joe Willock a little bit later on going into Sambi Lakonga now we heard and we told you guys uh, in our the show the Arsenal transfer podcast that we did on Tuesday that there were reports coming out from a Belgian magazine called Sport that indicated that there was a, and I use the words, uh, a growing hypothesis was the words they used in the article, um, that he could end up leaving Arsenal on loan this summer, which obviously sparked a hell of a lot of reaction online. We've already been kind of affected by the situation we found ourselves in with William Saliba and what he's had to deal with, and there's been a lot of parallels drawn between the two players. This is obviously different. Sammy Lukonga is brought in by Arteta. He is his player. And so there is that kind of emphasis on him being his player. They've made the commitment, made the investment. They'll want to integrate him into the long-term future of the club. However, he is good enough to see some minutes played next season, especially considering how weak our midfield is. He's got those leadership qualities. He's already been called up for the national team on a number of occasions. He was called up for the reserve squad for the Belgian side before the Euros. Anyway, as I said on the transfer show on Tuesday, I did say I was going to do a little bit of digging and try and find out some stuff regards to that loan. I did publish an article over on 101 Great Goals yesterday evening to explain what I found. But speaking to a couple of people that have been very kind of nailed on about the whole story with Lukonga coming specifically from Belgium is that that the idea of a loan is premature at this moment in time. It's not a nailed on facts that he would leave on loan. So there's no yet need to panic. However, basically the preseason period for Lukonga could be very important for him. Should he perform at a certain level during preseason, Mikel Arteta may choose to keep him and integrate him into the squad immediately. However, based upon what happens in the transfer market and based upon his own performances, a possible loan uh, to a club, ideally in the Premier League, from their perspective, may not be the worst idea. Um, so it's basically a case of wait until pre-season, they're going to see how he does, and then a loan may come from there. So that is very much, um, <laughs> it's very much one to think about and consider and be patient with until we really know what's going on. You'd have to imagine, though, it's not going to come as a shock to Lukonga. They've just signed him up. They would have been very transparent about their plan. And so that is going to be really sorted out during the preseason tour of Florida, which we're expecting him to travel on. He could even be announced within the next few days officially. So we'll have to wait and see. Moving on to the possible ins then this summer. And Sam Johnston has been subject to a rejected bid from West Ham around 20, uh, around £10 million, according to David Ornstein of The Athletic. Uh, David Ornstein did ensure that he mentioned that Arsenal and Spurs are both interested in Sam Johnston, but knowing that the figure 
that West Brom want for this guy is above that £10 million mark. There were initial reports a few weeks ago that maybe he would be going for around the £20 million mark. He is someone that Arsenal are liking because of the fact he's homegrown, Premier League experience. They want a backup goalkeeper in that mould. Uh, and so a deal could be done, but it would cost between, and you'd imagine, probably between the 12 to £20 million mark. If Arsenal want to go that high for a backup keeper, there could be some serious questions about why they would do that when they've got limited funds, supposedly. We'll wait and see. But Sam Johnston on the radar and has had now a bid rejected from West Ham, which is certainly one to keep an eye on. They've, of course, got uh, Lucas Fabianski, Arsenal previous goalkeeper, and so they're looking to replace him as he moves uh, towards the latter stages of his career. Moving on to Ben White, uh, a player that we know is a long-term target of Arsenal and has protracted this situation throughout the, the early stages of the transfer window. Um, regarding good news, uh, there's still nothing in regards to big developments on this front, but the Argus, who is the local newspaper coming out of the Brighton area, has said that there is still no offer on the table that would convince Brighton to sell. They even go as far as to say that it would take a nonsensical offer for them to even uh, accept this one. There's still a very good feeling amongst kind of those uh, genuinely in the know in the Arsenal community that this is one that is a matter of time. Ars blog talked about it on his blog this morning. Chris Wheatley has been very, very kind of optimistic about this deal, as has the likes of James Benj and Charles Watts too. So if I, I always say this, if I was a better man, which I'm not, I'd still be confident about Arsenal getting a deal for Ben White done. It just might take a little bit longer still, it seems, which is a bit frustrating, um, of course, because we want to see Ben White sorted out. But there were reports yesterday that we told you about that he is cutting short, or rather not cutting short his holiday, but delaying his holiday to sort out his future. How real those are, we'll have to wait and see over the next few days or so. Moving on to our final story of the day and talking about Manuel Locatelli, Italian midfielder. Uh, for Sassuolo, was playing with Italy at the Euros this summer and scored a brilliant brace in the group stages as well. Wasn't used specifically as a starter because when you've got a midfielder of Verratti, Barella and Jorginho, uh, it's very difficult to get in there. But this story continues and reports that emerged from Italy yesterday suggested that Arsenal improved their offer to the full €40 million Euros that Sassuolo want for the midfielder. Whether or not that changes how his stance is, whether or not convinces him to move, there are also whispers that Edu is doing his utmost to try and convince Locatelli to change his mind. Whether or not that happens, we'll wait and see. I wouldn't be too confident. I always said this is a solid 2 out of 10 in terms of likelihood because if he wants to go to Juventus, why he would change his mind to then come to Arsenal is beyond me at this stage in time with the, the level of club that Arsenal are right now, the level of club where Juventus are still in the Champions League despite a difficult season. And obviously, the the whole kind of phenomenon that Italian players tend to like staying in Italy and it's not too common that you see them leave. So, Still all against Arsenal, still very much uh, a case that we're going to have to follow this uh, closely, but uh, a bid did supposedly go in that was improved upon the last one and matches Sassuolo's asking price. So we will wait and see how this one improves and develops over the next few days or so. And that brings us to the end of our news section of today. Uh, we are now going to go into the chat box and get your thoughts and feelings in the chat. If you've got specific questions about transfer targets, we're going to try and answer as many of them for you as feasibly possible. 
So let's go and let's scroll up a little bit and see what you guys have been saying about some of the stories we've been talking about already. Uh, Social said the Athletic just reported that Erdogan could be back on because of Real Madrid's wage bill. Now, a report did emerge yesterday that uh, La Liga is looking to restrict a number of clubs' wage bills and Real Madrid is one of those. And it was cited that Martin Erdogan could now be a player that they let leave. I would find this strange. I'd find it strange for a number of reasons. One is because Odegaard's not on a massive, massive wage at Real Madrid. In fact, he's across their squad. He's not one of the biggest earners, from the best of my knowledge. And so for that, that would be a bit odd. Um, I understand that they're obviously going for, they want to sign the likes of Kylian Mbappe. They want to make some big signings. They've not actually made a signing since, I think, January of 2020. Um, from the best of my, I'm trying to think of anyone that they've brought in in that time, but they've mainly promoted from within during that period. And so they have saved time uh, for a while to kind of save up. And they've done that a number of times where they've not brought anyone in and then they've gone big in a couple of summers, bringing in the likes of Eder Militao and uh, Rodrigo, Vinicius Junior. Um, so they, they have been patient at times with their transfer spending, but Erdogan is not one of their big earners and it would make sense for them to keep him. I think this is it's a case of thinking that he was surplus before, seeing they need to reduce their wage bill and he might be on the list of players they're looking to leave. If he does leave, I wouldn't be surprised to see Arsenal involved in pushing for that kind of deal. Um, they like him, Arteta more than likes him um, and thinks he's a brilliant footballer and they wanted him as their primary target this summer. So we'll have to wait and see. But I still think it would be a surprise if they did let Erdogan go because he's not one of their biggest earners at the club by a long, long way. Uh, Let's scroll down then and go through some of your more recent comments and possible questions that you have in the chat. Arslan says, uh, if if only you could see who would you sell, uh, Willock or Nelson? Uh, If I could only sell one, which one would I sell? I would probably sell... It's a good question. Um, Reese Nelson, I lean towards because I think you could get, say, 10-ish million quid for the guy. Um, and I think he's been given more than enough chances at the club. Joe Willock, is, he's, a bit, he's a bit enigmatic for me. I'm, he's so, it's a case in point where you don't really know his future right now. You don't know if the Newcastle Joe Willock's what we've got. You don't know if that was just kind of a flash-in-the-pan situation. So I think I'd sell Nelson and I think I'd bide my time with Willock. And not learn from the mistake of Ainsley Maitland-Niles is, is what we would do. Uh, Venkatesh says, if clubs want to sell Willock, then surely we are eyeing for Awar with the same ability and might be better on the ball. Uh, and if we sign Neves and a defensive midfielder, would it be good enough for the season? I was talking about this uh, with Dan and Harry on the Lee Judges TV yesterday or two days ago now uh, about kind of how many midfielders Arsenal actually need. If you bring in Lokonga and you bring in Neves, is that enough central midfielders? I think we actually need three for the fa- for the simple matter of fact that we don't know what's going on with Joe. Elneny, I don't believe to be of a standard that is enough quality for a Premier League kind of top four push. We don't know what's happening with Ainsley Maitland-Niles. We don't know what's happening with Lucas Torreira. And if all of those guys go, we're then left with Thomas Partey, Lokonga, uh, and and whoever the signing will be of Neves, etc. So, and El Nini. So is it, I don't think that's enough. I feel like you still need one more. Um, so I would be looking to bring one more in. Awa, I've had my reservations about. We've talked about it on a number of occasions. He is an eight. He's not an eight in the same way that Neves is an eight. He's not an eight in the same way that Lokonga is an eight. But he's still a central midfielder more than he is a number 10. So... 
it's, I'd be surprised if we went for Alwar, even with his good price. I've said it on Twitter the other day. I'd be shocked if we ended up getting him. But, you know, stranger things has happened. Uh, James Rowe says, what do you think of the condition Willian has returned in after his break? Not a very good look if we are looking to offload him. Some images were circulating at Twitter yesterday of Willian um, not looking... Uh, what's the right way to say this? Not looking specifically at top match fitness is probably the best way to put it. What are my thoughts on it? It's not uncommon. I'm not making excuses. I've seen plenty of players return with the amount of reports of Eden Hazard returning to Real Madrid, not particularly on top form, yet he's remained. He cost a hell of a lot more. It's not great, is it? If, it? if he is, in fact, not fit right now, not match fit, and there's a lot of work to be done in getting him back to match fitness, no, James, it's not good. It's, it makes it very, very difficult to, to sell him and move him on in this situation. Um, there's nothing much more I can say on the matter, to be honest. It's just not a good situation to be in. And obviously, hopefully, they come down hard on him in regards to getting him back into shape and back into fitness. But it's not good. Um, and there's not much more you can say on it than a player, whoever it is, Willian or anyone else, coming back not fit and ready for pre-season, um, especially considering the amount of money that we're paying him as well. Um, let's scroll up a little bit more. Uh, Leopold says, Coop Miners or Basuma? Well, they're different players. Coop Miners is more of your, like, you're more of your central midfielder rather than a deep-lying uh, kind of guy. For me, I look at Coop Miners as someone who would keep the play ticking over from the number eight position, whereas Basuma I see very much more as a disciplined number six um, and someone that would see it and be mobile and can mop up and sweep the back line. So, I look at them differently. I think a number six for us is a little bit more pressing right now. Um, and so I probably would go with Basuma over Coop Miners, but I do like the Dutch international. So uh, it's, it'll be a tough choice. Uh, Chris says, Tap Soba is better than Ben White. We obviously have seen from the statistical comparison between the two that his statistics are slightly better than that of Ben White's. However, he is playing in a very different league, which will have and change the context around those two. He's younger. I think he's more highly rated than Ben White. However, has never played in the Premier League. Is it right that if we get priced out for White, that we then go for Tapsoba? He is a target of previous uh, kind of months, and we've been linked to him in the past. Is it worth going for him over White? I'm not sure. I really like White. I like the fact we're going for young, homegrown players, especially with the possible threat of the homegrown quota being extended. If you need to have less non-homegrown players, it's worth investing in some really good homegrown players from England. And White could be a really good long-term option for the club. So I, I do lean some more towards White. But if we ended up getting tapped sober, I certainly wouldn't be complaining about it. Uh, Jay Simon says, Tom, what are your thoughts on Calvin Phillips? And do you think he would fit in at Arsenal? I, th I love Calvin Phillips. I think he's a fantastic central midfielder. I think he's done really well at Leeds in the time getting up from the Championship and into the Premier League. And I thought he was arguably one of England's best players at the Euros. Would I take him at Arsenal if you were offering me the chance to sign him? Of course, it's not my money. The problem is, is that I think Leeds would be asking for a lot of money to get that deal done. And that makes it very, very difficult. You think about Ben White, who didn't really play, didn't play a minute of football for England during the tournament, 50-something million quid. Calvin Phillips, starter for England in a team like Leeds who are pushing for a European place. That's their target. That's what they want to push to. It's going to cost you a lot. And uh, I'm not sure that Arsenal have the capacity to go out and spend that much on a central midfielder. Stranger things have happened, but 
whilst I would take him, I think he would be far too pricey. And Namish says, although I feel Torreira has great technical ability, I have always felt he is not built physically for the Premier League, given the position he plays, and we should never have bought him. Now, we talk about this, like like uh, small, diminutive, defensive midfielders. Uh, are they the right fit for the Premier League? Do they compete on a Premier League level? Well, I know that these are very kind of towards that end of the spectrum of greatness and world-class kind of si- uh, side of things, but N'Golo Kante is, is very lightweight, does an amazing job in that position. On the Champions League level, Marco Verratti, again, small, diminutive, plays exceptionally well in the central midfielders, compete, competed against... Premier League clubs very handily, and England, of course, in the final of the European Championships. Just because you're small and lightweight doesn't mean you can't play that position. I do agree with you that Arsenal need to move down a route of adding physicality, and I think we're doing that with Thomas Partey and Gabriel coming in. But having someone small, mobile, like that, is not necessarily a bad thing. And I think Torreira, in his first few months at the club, really showed what we'd been missing in that position. Unfortunately, I think he was mismanaged by Unai Emery in the end, who pushed him too far up the pitch. But you know, it's I'm not. I don't. It's easy to say a benefit of hindsight. We shouldn't have signed him. But maybe if we'd have kept him in that number six position and let him flourish there, maybe it would have been a good deal. But it's just not quite worked out for us. And if he was so diminutive and weak and not necessarily physically strong, I'm not sure a manager like Diego Simeone would have gone and signed him. So that's another indication on that level as well. Um, GGTV, I've just seen your comment here. It is GGTV for you says, would you take a Diawara plus cash deal for Granite Xhaka? According to a Roma newspaper, uh, Il Romista, um, this is what's on the table. Um, Diawara was linked, wasn't he, with Arsenal uh, last summer? And we actually did a tactical breakdown on him. I'm not sure he's of the level that improves on what we've got. He's not better than Granite Xhaka, that's for sure. Is I've always kind of looked at any signing that Arsenal make, unless it's a very young profile like uh, a Lukonga, for instance. Does that player improve on what we've got? Would another top six club sign him? If they don't fall into those categories and the answers aren't yes, I'm very reluctant to do that. So I'm not sure that's the right type of deal for Arsenal. Take the money, invest it and reinvest it in someone like a Ruben Neves. And I think that's probably the better route to go down. Um, Alistair says, Tom, be realistic. How will you compete against forwards of Manchester City and United? Kante is fast. How will I compete? I mean, I'm not, I, I used to be quite quick, but not these days. Um, but in terms of where, how you compete against those teams, it's a, but it's not always about kind of speed and acceleration. It's about how you cover ground. It's about how you position yourself. It's your tactical awareness. It's your spatial awareness. Per Metazaka was the slowest player we've ever had. Um, but his spatial awareness is very good. And that's why he was able to help win us an FA Cup final against Chelsea with a great performance at centre-back because his spatial awareness was so good. Same thing works for central midfielders. If you're very aware of the space around you, you can cover ground really fantastically well without necessarily needing to have bundles of speed attached to you. So that's something that you need to consider. Uh, Stephen Foote says, Tom, do you think that uh, Richard Garlick is making contracts work in our favour for sell-on values if they don't work out at the club? A big past mistake. We have seen, haven't we, the likes of some players leave the club, especially some youth players. We saw McGuinness leave for Cardiff. He had a sell-on clause attached to his contract. We've seen uh, Mavropanos leave, and we are led to believe that there is a sell-on clause in that contract. We are unaware of Genduzi having a sell-on clause. We don't yet know much detail about that one specifically, but I'd be surprised if it didn't. Richard Garlick's doing 
for the moment anyway, it seems a decent job of renewing contracts, getting players to sign new deals. Emil Smith-Rowe is expected to sign his new deal, and that's another really good bit of news for Arsenal. Over the last two years, we've signed Bakaya Saka, we've signed Follerin Balogun, we've signed Gabriel Martinelli, all up to new deals. You can't fault the way that we've gone about signing our young players up to long-term contracts, and they should be praised for that. But we still need to get these deals done in regards to the big signings, get those contracts signed, make sure that we don't break our wage bill, make sure we don't overpay for certain players too quickly. So I think that Garlic's doing a very good job and I hope that he is learning from those past mistakes of the club and inserting those sell-on clauses or buyback options into those contracts. But it's a very good point to get brought up. Stephen Andrews says, Tom, are you starting to get worried that this overhaul is going to happen this summer? I am. I said on yesterday's show, Stephen, that I would use the word concerned. I am concerned about the situation right now. I think it's growing by the day ever closer to the Premier League's first game. And because of that... Obviously, it does fill me with a little bit of apprehension about this massive overhaul that we're expecting to happen. So far, we've let go of a few players. And we've brought in a 21-year-old backup player. That concerns me. I'm not at the level of panic mode just yet. I know that a lot of people are. I'm not quite there yet. Um, but for me, uh, I'm still patient. I'm still waiting for it. We'll wait and see. Um, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, so he also says, Tom, lacquer, keep or sell? Depends on the situation, Sahil. I wouldn't sell him for pennies. I would think that he's worth a decent amount of money, even with one year left on his contract. Arteta likes him. He works in our system. He's a great member of the dressing room. All of those factors. For me, if you were either selling one or the other, I would lean towards a Bamiyang. I'd give a Lacazette a one-year extension. I also don't think that there is a whole host of strikers in this window. People use names like Ivan Toni or Vlahovic, but these are going to cost you a hell of a lot of money. Uh, and I think maybe that there's better options for us. And you have to consider that we have to give Follow and Balogun a chance this season whilst we've got two aging strikers at the club. So why not give Lacazette a one-year extension, focus your investment on midfield and defence, and then next summer or January then target that striker position as our main priority focus. Uh, when Aubameyang's got one year left on his deal, when Lacazette is no longer here. I feel like there are greater priorities than striker this season. And uh, fingers crossed we give Balogun an opportunity to kind of come through and, and make a kind of stamp on the first team. Uh, Drizzy says, anyone in the academy that you're excited to see promoted soon? Uh, I liked Amari Hutchinson when he came on yesterday, uh, two days ago. Thought he looked bright, lively, really interesting player. Of course, I'm really interested in, in Catalan Kurjan, the Romanian uh, youth uh, player that's not available with the team right now because of injury. Miguel Aziz obviously comes up always, Balogun too. Uh, Kido Taylor-Hart, who's expected to sign a new deal at the club as well. He's another one that's really, really liked. I like the look of Clark, of Clark um, who spent time on loan at Oldham, I think, last season. So he's also quite highly rated. Uh even, even though Okonkwo didn't have the best of games by a long stretch against Hibernian, he's still very much highly rated as a goalkeeper and that performance did not represent him as a goalkeeper by any stretch of the imagination. You've also got other players in the team as well, like Rekic, who was also playing, was already a Tunisian international. So there are some really interesting things to come through from the academy and I'm not concerned about how our academy is producing players or the fact that Steve Bold got sacked last season because the results weren't that great, but the development is going really, really well. So uh, plenty of names there, Drizzy. I hope that satisfies your first for uh, for those names, for sure. Uh, Salves says, Johnston or Woodman, who would be second-choice goalkeeper for us? I'd rather Johnston. I think he's a more accomplished Premier League-level goalkeeper than Woodman, of course. Um, but 
worst comes to worst, I don't think Woodman's that bad of an option personally. Ron Raj, thank you so much for the donation, mate. He says, thoughts about Aaron's and Lamptey uh, as our right backs. I feel this position needs a full revamp. I agree with you, Ron. I think it certainly needs a massive revamp. And, uh, revamp, and thank you ever so much for the do uh, donation. Aaron's and Lamptey are, of course, two different players because Lamptey is still, for me, Lamptey's got an air of Joe Willock about him, not in regards to position or how he is, but just because we've seen, seen so little of him in the Premier League, we haven't been able to see if that, what we saw at Brighton last season, is actually a genuine representation of his quality for the future. It looked great at the time, but because of injuries, we didn't get to see too much of it. And so it's quite a high-risk signing was you to go to, say, Lamptey. However, Max Ahrens is a consistent 7 out of 10 minimum player every single game. He's a fantastic going forwards. He's competent defensively and he has leadership qualities. And I think that he, for me, is my number one pick. And Arsenal should really, if they end up moving on Hector Bellerin, go full steam ahead to try and sign Max Ahrens, who would be available this summer, as we've shown already from Emi Buendia being sold, for the right price from Norwich. So I think he's certainly an option. Thank you, George, for the support. Much appreciated, mate. If you could drop a like on the video, people would really appreciate nearly 800 of you watching live now, which is fantastic. Wesley says, uh, who's staying at the club uh, would be disappointed the most? Kalasinac or Willian? I think Willian, for me, would be the bigger disappointment because at the end of the day, Tavaj is our new Portuguese backup left back. Uh, and of course, is in a situation where there's a lot of questions around him. And I feel like Kalasinac being here is not necessarily an awful thing. However, I do think that William being here is an awful thing with his wage, with how long he's still got left on his contract, which is a year more than Kalasinac. I think that I could deal with Kalasinac for a single season or even just until January. William, though, such a big mistake from the club to look to bring him in, uh, the benefit of hindsight, of course. Um, and yeah, I think he's certainly the priority to, to look to move on this summer. That for me is is the biggest one that we should be looking to do. Uh, Johnny says, is there really no uh, good enough youth in the academy that can come into the right back position as a third backup player or something? Johnny, the, the difficulty is with this, and this is probably the question we're going to end on, is the thing about promoting youth is that Arsenal already have a lot of young players in the squad. We've got Bakar Saka, Gabriel Martinelli, Emil Smith-Rowe. Gabriel's still only 22, 23 years of age. Tierney's only just turned 24. Uh, you've got Ains Maitland-Niles, Willock, Nelson and Ketia, Balogun, still all in the team, all promoted to the first-team squad. And yet our target needs to be competing for the top four, trying to get into that position. How many of those top four teams or even the top six teams do you see throwing in so many young kids and still trying to achieve that position in the table? And the answer is none. You get one or two if you're lucky. You might get a few more opportunities and appearances throughout the season, but I can't promote from within too heavily because our focus needs to be on getting into that top four, and it needs to be for a balance of seniority and youth, and that balance is very much tipped in the favour of seniority and experience over lots more youth players. And that's the that's the difficulty that we we find ourselves in with Arsenal right now is that we can't put too much emphasis on so many kids being used. Not because they're not good enough, but because inexperience is a problem. Um, and we need to make sure that we are competing with our rivals for a top four position next season. And I don't think that's going to be done by throwing loads of kids into the squad next year. It's going to be done by smart recruitment, by the players that we've already got stepping up and Arteta really learning from the mistakes. And if he doesn't, by the club making a very difficult decision and changing him early on next season as well. 
lots of huge decisions to be made, lots of things that we need to think about, and uh, we need to make sure that we get those decisions right. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in today. Please do drop a like on the video if you have enjoyed the show. And even if you haven't, it's all about opinions at the end of the day, and we appreciate every single one of you. Should be around a little bit later on this evening to give you guys another show as we lead up to the next preseason game of the summer against Rangers. Hopefully, we get some big transfer news dropping for you also that we can talk about too. Tomorrow is, of course, Friday, which means we'll hopefully be putting together one of our usual Friday Q&A show phone-ins. I'm going to try and get a phone-in together if I can. So please, 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 if you would like to be on the show tomorrow, five minutes, if you're over the age of 18, if you've got a good mic, good camera, and all of that stuff, drop me a DM over at the Talk TV and we'll do our best to try and get you on. If you've been on before, you can still come back. So please make sure you get in touch with me tomorrow. I'll put a tweet out as well to let people know that we're doing that. Um, but I'll do my best to sort that out for you tomorrow. Our late afternoon slash evening UK time is likely when it will be. So if you are available, then do send us a message and we'll try our best to get you on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure, guys, to speak to you as always. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.